This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. My name is Kristen Diaz. I'm married to Pastor Abel, and we run the children's ministry together. Hi. So if you don't know me, that's who I am. And um, but Pastor Babette, that was so good on um, tithes and offering. And oh, God's, he's so good. And so um, my message today is going to be an unraveling of his goodness for our lives. And as I've been um, studying, I am really hoping I can get through this message because it's such a, um, a heart grabber where you realize how good it really is. And I think that us in the 21st century church, we just, everything gets watered down and we forget the truth and the power of this living word. So first, I want you to take your Bibles or your phones and stand up. And you know that I'm not saying your phone is your Bible, okay? (laughs) You've got an app in there that says Bible app, okay? So I want you to repeat after me, say, this is my Bible. This is God's word to me. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have, and I can do everything, everything it says I can do. Amen. Now you can have a seat. Okay, so okay, so uh, I'm I'm gonna read. I'm going to lay it out. There's a lot of scripture. There's a lot of content um, that I'm going to lay out before you because all of that is a setup for the greater picture, okay? But some of it you'll see on the screen and some of it I'm just going to read to you for the sake of time because we got like 30 minutes and I got a lot of stuff. So the first scripture I'm going to read is Isaiah 55, 8, and it says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. And this is a setup for the whole thing. This is what Pastor Babette was talking about. In her, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. As high as the heavens are from the earth, so are my thoughts from your thoughts and my ways from your ways. So God, God has a whole reality that we can either not know We can either decide we don't want it, or we can maybe kind of dilute it. But the reality, it's a kingdom reality, and that reality is covenant. And so I've titled my message this morning. Actually, it's his message that he gave me, um, because when I asked him, okay, God, what do you want to teach? What do you want me to teach on? And he was like, I want you to teach on covenant. And, And he gave me this title, and it says, Covenant. God's perfect design. It's perfect. It's not flawed. It's perfect. And so um, what I'm going to do is we're going to go back because I'm going to lay out, there's going to be this beautiful story. And we're going to start, covenant has always been a part of God. Okay. He had he had already connection with Adam and and it was perfect. It was beautiful and all that stuff. But what we're going to do is we're going to go um, we're going to go to Genesis 17, 4. And if you could actually put that up there, Vange. And this is where God cuts covenant with Abraham. 
And before I go into this, I want to I want to lay out covenant as if you don't know what covenant is at all, okay? Like you've never heard of it. So there might be people that actually have never heard of it in this room or streaming, and there might be people who you are an expert in this, but I'm going to lay it out as if you know nothing in the amount of time that we have, because this really is like a 24-hour, maybe 36-hour study, okay? So what am I saying? Okay, so covenant is throughout the entire Bible, it is, it is God's perfect way of, of bringing relationship into, into a reality. So, so the way that they knew covenant before is that two people, let's just, we're going to do people, not God right now. You have two people and they cut covenant together. And I'm talking specifically blood covenant. So you have two people and they cut covenant. And what happens is one might give the robe off their back and they give it to another. They might take the belt off of their, their waist and they give it to that person. And attached to the belt, if you understand the armor of God, Attached to the belt, it's also attached to so many other pieces of armor, including your sword, including your weaponry. So they give that to them too. When they give them the coat off their back, I just want to make sure I'm like, I'm getting it right. When they give them the coat off their back, it is a symbol of this is my whole life. This is, this is my life and I'm handing it to you. When they take off their belt, they're saying, this is everything that I have. And including in with all that, there's protection. There's, there's every, whatever you need, I am there as if I am you. Okay. And then there's the, the, the blood covenant, the, the cutting of whatever, however they do it, where they mix their blood. And then the cool thing that I just found so crazy is that in some cultures or some places, I don't remember where I heard it. I know it was in training center, but I don't know the history of it, but they put charcoal in their scars so that when they, they show that if they're attacked and they show their scar, that actually the person doesn't want to mess with them because if they mess with them, they mess with the person they're in covenant with. Okay. And then if you break covenant, it is as if you were saying, because you do the circle around this animal, so much into it, do your own study, because that's not what I'm focusing on right now. But the bottom line is, because they would, they would kill an animal, they would slide it in half, and they would walk around it in a symbol of covenant, okay? All of this, remember, my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways. As you're listening to this, don't think of how we see reality right now. Think about this is the culture that they lived in. And when they did this symbol, and everything is symbolic, when they did this symbol, they said, God, do to me that if I ever break this covenant with this person, okay? So that covenant is God's reality when he makes covenant with Abraham, okay? So we're starting from that place of reality. Does that make sense? I'm sorry if I'm yelling at you. <laughs> I'm just excited. Okay. So it's up on the screen. Can you pull it up, Vange? Okay. Genesis 17, 4. And we're going to keep reading on until, I don't know where. Well, we're going to end. We're going to keep going until I want to end. So as for me... Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be a father of many nations. He's talking to Abraham right now. Next verse. Do you have the next verse, Vant? Okay, that's fine. I'm just going to read it from Genesis. If you have your Bibles, if you want to turn there. 
So Genesis 17.4, and I'm sorry, Vange, I meant to give you the rest. When Abraham was, I'm going to start back. So when Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am an almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make a covenant between me and you and will multiply you exceedingly. Then Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him. Can you imagine? Like God is making covenant with you saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of many nations. We talked about the generation to generation to generation. This is what he's talking about. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham for I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will make nations of you and kings shall come from you. No David and all the other people who have been kings. And I will establish my covenant with you between me and you and your descendants after you and generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. After I give to you and your descendants after you and a land which you are a stranger, the land of Canaan and an everlasting possession and I will be their God. Behold, my covenant is with you and you shall not be the, you shall be the father of multitude of nations. So when God created this covenant with, with, Abraham, it was saying, do to me if I ever break this covenant. God is saying that to Abraham. I will never break this covenant with you. And everything that I have is actually for you. Okay? So we've got Abraham and God, and we are going to fast forward um, through, we know Moses and the children of Israel. So Israel are the chosen people. And no one can actually enter into the co- this covenant that God has been has made with Abraham and his people unless they come in through a marriage or something like that. This is his chosen people and these are the ones that have covenant and made covenant with him. And so we go all the way into let's go all the way fast forward and we all know all the stories, right? Where the, the, the Jericho and David and all these stories, all those are in this place of, of them having covenant with God. But the point of that is that they actually, if they broke covenant, they had to actually sacrifice an animal because that's what actually should have been their life. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like that should have been, so they, they brought an offering to him because that actually should have been them because they broke covenant. And covenant is a big deal. It's a big deal. So we're going to fast forward. And because um, David and Jonathan, they cut covenant. And I don't have time to actually dive into that. But um, they cut covenant. And I just want to hit this one, play, one piece. Because when David and Jonathan cut covenant, um, it was generation to generation to generation. So David and Jonathan did that. And so when Jonathan died in battle and David became king, Mephibosheth actually thought, Jonathan's son, actually thought that David hated him. And so he ran away because he didn't want, or the household ran away from David because they thought he was going to hurt them. So long story short, but he ended up being paralyzed as a baby because of them running away. So he's hated David his whole life. And he comes and, and David's like, where is Mephibosheth? I have to find him because I want to give him my covenant that I have with, with his father. It's nothing to do with Mephibosheth. It has everything to do with my covenant that I have with his dad. 
So he says, go find him. So he finds Mephibosheth and, and, he, and he welcomes him into his house. And Mephibosheth is so scared because he's been told his whole life that David is bad and he's going to kill him. So he says, when he sees him, he says, you're here, come, welcome. He welcomes him to the table. He gives him all these things and he says, why are you doing this? And the whole time he's believed the lie that David's bad. And he's actually denied his actual birthright, his actual, not birthright, but covenantal right that he's had with his father, through his father with David. Okay, so that's just, that's that. How are you guys doing? Okay, all right. So there's going to be little pieces, but I wanted to hit on that before I move on. Okay. Whew, thank you, Jesus. Um, let's go to... Uh, Vance, do you have Jeremiah 31? You had that one. Awesome. Okay, 31 through... 31, 31, and we're going to go to 34. And it says, behold, the days are coming. Okay, you have to understand this. The children of Israel knew about covenant. They understood it. It was a part of their reality. They have been walking in covenant with God. They've been, they've just, they know it, okay? And they've been waiting for the Messiah, okay? Like, like and so what I'm going to read is, 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 prophets who have prophesied the coming of the Messiah, that there will be a new covenant. Okay. So here we go. You got it. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took land from Egypt. No took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant, which they broke, though I was a husband to them, saying, says the Lord. Keep going. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will, shall be my people. Next verse. Now more shall every, no more shall every man teach his neighbor and every man his brother, says, saying, know the, knowing the Lord, for they shall... I am so sorry. Let me just read it over here. Okay. Know the Lord, for they all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them, says the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquities and their sin, and I will remember no more. So what his desire was to do, isn't that exciting? So his desire was that he made covenant with Abraham and then it's broke and it's broke and it's broke and it's broke. They kept breaking the covenant. They kept breaking their end of the bargain. And God never stopped breaking his end of the bargain, even though there were times where he was like, I'm done, you know? But he, he came back and said, no, I have a covenant with them. And so his desire is like, you know what? You don't work. I can't make covenant with you because you keep breaking it. And I want to bless you. I want to give you all of this. But like you just keep breaking it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make covenant with myself. That sounds like a great idea, right? So in Galatians... 3, 13 through 15. 
I have my Bible, but then I have my notes, and we're just, we're going to figure this out. I got to get through this quick, so you got it up? Okay. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, curses everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of, of the Spirit through faith. So he wanted to make not only covenant accessible to his Israelites, the Jews, he wanted to make covenant accessible to everybody. And he didn't want, he didn't want you to be a factor in breaking, being able to break that covenant. That he wanted to give all of himself and then connect all of himself with all of himself and put you right smack dab in the middle. Like, that's crazy, right? So, whew. Um, I'm going to, before we go into kind of more scriptures on what he did and, and all that stuff, I want to share just a short story that I, I've learned covenant a while back in the training center, but, but it became a reality to me when I got married. And I, um, so we're going to take a quick break from all that. I'm just going to tell you a quick story and then we'll go back. So um, when Abel and I were getting married, I had all my ducks in a row. I had the money I was going to spend for the wedding and we were all good and, and it was going to be a very budgeted wedding, very budgeted and extremely. And I was like, okay, God, like you told me when I was 18 years old and this is 10, 11 years later, 12 years. Oh, that's a lot. Anyways, a long time later <laughs> and you told me you were going to pay for my wedding. So, okay, that's fine. Because you're my, you're my daddy, and you told me you were going to do that as a father of the bride. So anyways, I was receiving just so many discounts, so many deals, so many like just favor on everything. And, um, and we, Abel's family, is they like to party. They like to have a good time, and they don't live here. So they lived in California. So it was a lot of people coming in town. I wanted to make sure we had all this stuff for them. And so all that adds up. And so I was like, God, I just don't know what to do. And so anyways, Abel and I, we met with his parents and we're sitting there at the dinner table and they're like, okay, well, how much, how much do you need? I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, yeah. How much do you need? I'm going to pay for the wedding. How much do you need? And I'm like, no, it's okay. It's okay because I've, I've, this is just, uh, God told me he was going to provide for me. He's my daddy. And, and like, there's going to be all these discounts and all this stuff and it's going to work out. Someone might send me a check in the mail. I don't know how it's going to work out. And this is going through my mind. And the other thing is I had this lie I was believing that if anyone helps me, unless God tells them to help me, that I actually will owe them something. You know what I mean? Just listen to it again. I don't have time. <laughs> uh, so, so I, I just had, I had this lie. And I, if I, if I came and said, yes, okay, well, here's what we need, you know? And, and it was like, well, what, what will I have to give in return? What if I don't have to give? What if I don't have something to give? And so I had this, my reality was all messed up. 
And so then, you know, and, and Abel's, Abel's dad is like, no, we're going to give you this money, and, and this is how much we're going to give you. And I was like, ah, like, what? And he's like, do you think this will be enough? You know, and I'm sitting there like, what? And so Abel and I go back out to the car after we left, and, and um, Abel's like, Kristen, what is your problem? Like, what? My dad just, like, why can't you just receive, you know? And I'm like, Abel, like, what if, what if I, I don't have anything to give. Like, what if, what if they want something that I can't give? And he said, Kristen, Mike doesn't want anything from you. He just wants your love. Like, he just wants your relationship. He, that's all he wants. That's the only thing he wants. And I'm like, what? Like, and that has been the constant relationship between me and his dad. He was paid for my college and paid for all these things that God told me he was going to give me. And he uses my husband's father to do that. Okay? So my mind is like blown because God's like, why wouldn't I use the perfect representation of myself in this blessing for you? Because the perfect representation of God, Father, is actually the father of the groom, Jesus, and we are his bride. Right? So there's nothing that I can do if, if I wasn't married. To, I just want to make this point. If I wasn't married to Abel, there would be no reason for his dad to pay for my wedding to another person. Okay? There would be no reason for his dad to pay for my college. There would be no reason for his dad to just randomly send us money. There would be no reason for any of that. Okay? No reason. But because of my connection, my union with Abel, I am then heir to his father's possessions and our children's children. Okay, so when I experience all this, I'm like, it just put all the scripture in a whole new light. Because when we realize that when Jesus died on the cross, he, his death was not just a sign of his love, although it was a sign of love. It wasn't just a sign of his love. It was a blood covenant. He died for our place so that we could then be married to Jesus and heirs to God. That's why he died on the cross, to give us everything he wanted to give us. That's the whole bottom line is that he didn't want us to be a factor in it at all. He was like, I'm just going to cut covenant with someone perfect, me. So now I feel like I should read a scripture or something. Uh, um, Christ, hold on. No, I'm not. You, can, I, you know what, what I'll do is... Um, if you want the scriptures, you can come to me. But I just feel like there's a flow and I just want to get to that. Um, so when Jesus cut covenant with God or God cut covenant with Jesus and he died on the cross, the chastisement of everything. Thank you so much. I'm like, oh, okay. He broke the middle wall of separation. He broke the, the things that stop us from being completely connected to him. 
he sealed it, he broke it, and then he's like, here, you want all of it? All you got to do is marry Jesus. That's it. So when you became a born-again believer, you didn't just say yes to saying, oh, okay, I believe in God. You actually came into covenant. When I, when, when I married Abel, I entered into covenant with him, and then I was now in covenant with his father. That's crazy, right? Yeah. So when Jesus says, follow me, come follow me, come be with me, come, all of these things are as a result of that. You, you can have everything, everything. And all the laws and everything like that, all the stuff that, that all the Ten Commandments and beyond, because we know that it's not just the Ten Commandments. It's beyond so many more. He said, you know what? I've sealed all of that. It's done. I didn't come to do away with the law. I came to fulfill it. So he fulfilled it, and now it's done. It is done, and, and, and so now when, we, when he sees us, we are wrapped into Christ. I'm completely wrapped into Christ. So when we enter and we go before the throne of grace, it's not, oh, you know what, but I didn't spend time with you, and I didn't do this, and I didn't do that, and I'm such a bad person, and, and well, what if I did this, and what if I did that? And, and he's like, I see Jesus. Like, I see Jesus, and, and please, disclaimer, like, I'm not saying, because Paul says, you know, do I say that you should go and sin? No, you know? Okay, so I'm not saying that as a disclaimer, okay? But what I am saying is it's all paid for. It's all paid for. All of our mistakes, everything we, we've done or did, it's all paid for because of the blood of the Lamb. It's good news, right? So... If you can pull up Vange Romans eight fifteen through seventeen. Yeah. It says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage against again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, of whom we cry, Abba Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with your with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Ephesians 2.13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who are afar off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. The good news of the gospel is that it's finished. It's finished. And if I think that I can strive, and because if I go back to even that reality, even thinking about Mephibosheth, right, and his reality in thinking that David was a bad man and wanted to kill him or wanted to do harm to him. And if me as a bride and thinking in my reality, what you're trying to do for me, father-in-law, doesn't make sense. Because I always thought there was something I have to give in return. And to be honest, just this is another disclaimer. I've been so blessed and have had no one requiring anything of, my, of me in return. So throughout my, it's not like I live this, it's a lie I believed. Okay? It's a lie and I've, I carried it all the way until I became a bride. 
that I can take care of myself. I'm an independent woman. I can take care of myself. I make sure I pay the bills. I make sure that I have everything. I have food on the table. I make sure I do this, 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 and this. And God's saying, but what if I want to do it for you? What if I want to do it for you? And what if what I could do for you is so much better than what you could do? Here I am trying to make this wedding work. And he's like, why don't you just hire somebody? You know? The other thing is, I, uh, I'm in school. I'm finishing up my degree. And, and, whoop, whoop, and, um, and they've been just, how much is your, are your classes this year here, or this semester? Here you go. And so anyways, I was so excited. And I went to my, my father-in-law and I was like, guess what? I got financial aid. So you don't have to pay for it. And he was like, well, here you go anyways. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so it's like, it's exceedingly abundantly above all that we dare ask or think according to his riches in Christ Jesus. It's not my works. It's not my ability. It's not what I can bring the table anymore. It's what he has already brought to the table and who he is. And we are joint heirs with all of that. Come on. It's good news. It's such good news. Such good news. Because he didn't just, just kind of like three minutes. He didn't just create covenant with himself. But he reestablished us to be like Adam in Eden. It wasn't just a covenant. It was way bigger. And that's a whole nother teaching in itself. But I just, I wanted to put that in there because the whole time when Adam, Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, the whole time God's trying to get back with his people. Like the whole time he's just trying to get back into relationship with his people. That's his whole desire is for relationship. His whole desire is for relationship. Tithe and offering is, is a desire to be in relationship with you. Because when we tithe, uh, it, we, we get to be a part of being like our daddy. And he gives everything of himself. So why wouldn't I want to be like my daddy? So it's like when, I, so when he restored it, he didn't just cut covenant. He restored us completely, 100% new, back to like Eden. That's who we are. So we have everything we could ever possibly need. So you might as well just walk out of here and fly. Like it's like every, literally everything's been given to you. Everything. And it's all about us dealing with the lies because the battle is between this. Right? Pastor Barry would say that over and over and over again. Battle is here. And it's us dealing with the lies of what we think we have to do to be an heir of the throne. An heir of, the, of heaven. So, so what we're going to do is we're going to, if you, if you received a communion, did we do that? If you have your communion cup. And then if you, yeah, thank you so much, Alex. Um, and I guess, ushers, if, if anyone doesn't have communion, if you can raise your hand, a communion cup. and Oh, wow, awesome. All right, well, while, while their ushers are passing it around, what I want to do is, um, and then just keep your hand raised. Just work out that arm. 
until they give you the, the communion. Um, because what I want to do is I want, Jesus said, he said in 2 Corinthians 5.21, that's not the scripture. Hold on. Here it is. 2 Corinthians 11.25 said, In the same manner he also took the cup after supper, saying, This is this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you think it in remembrance of me. So that's what we're going to do. Can I also get a cup whenever you guys get a chance? Do you have one? Okay. Well, here. They're giving me one. Okay. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to take this in remembrance of what he did. Gosh, I made it all the way until now. <laughs> because if you can go back to what he said about what covenant is, it's a real thing. It's a kingdom reality. And it's God's perfect design for us to be connected to him in such a way that it's super intense. So intense. Because his heart for us is so intense. It's so intense, guys. So when we look at the, the bread that represents his body and we look at the blood that represents his blood, the, the juice that represents his blood, And we remember we remember what he did. Jesus came. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for reminding me of this. Jesus came in the flesh because he had to be a representation of us. He took our place. He died on that cross in your place to restore you back, to create covenant, with the Father, but he did it as you because he said he didn't just come to do away with the law, he came to fulfill it. So he actually stepped into that Abrahamic covenant as human flesh to make covenant with God. Does that make sense? He came as you. He couldn't cut covenant with himself and put you in it unless he came as you. Because he came in your place and he wouldn't break it because we weren't doing a good job. So when we look at this 
bread in front of us. This is his body. This is your place. This is you. This is what he came to do in your place. This is his body. So Jesus, I thank you right now. We just receive your body. We do this in remembrance of you. And we're so thankful for what you have given us. We're so thankful for taking our place on the cross. For taking our place unto death. So we could become the righteousness of God in Christ. And so we receive this with thanks in Jesus' name. So when we look at this cup, this juice, that's a representation of his blood because it was a blood covenant. This is not just the blood that was shed on the cross. This is actually the blood of the lamb. The blood of the lamb. This is the covenant that he made with God. This was the shedding of the blood of the covenant that he made with God for you. So then not only did he take our place and, and, and die, but he also just shed his blood so that we could then be completely enwrapped in Jesus. And you are like a sandwich. You're the meat, guys. They're the bread. You're right smack dab in between and they're shouting at each other. I love you so much. Oh, I love you so much. Oh, I love you so much. Oh, I love you so much. And you're right between that. You are caught up right between that because of this covenant. And so we just take this, this juice as a representation of your blood and covenant with you that you shed on the cross. <coughs> Excuse me. Today I... I asked Jesus, what do you want to do? And he said, I just, I want to deal with some lies today. I want to deal with a pauper mentality, an orphan heart. When I married Abel, I had an orphan heart. And his daddy called me daughter and he brought me into his household. And I no longer had an orphan heart. And when we married Jesus, we, he, was, he brought us into his household as his children. And he wants to deal with things that actually make us think we're still orphans, but we're not. So... Um, Okay, so there's that piece, and then there's also a piece of believing lies that he won't provide for you, that you can do it on your own, that you might not be good enough. All these are lies. They're all lies. And there might be other things that I haven't named. Maybe disappointment. Maybe questioning 
Are you really the healer? Did I really get healing? Is healing really wrapped up in the covenant? Because it is. It is. He said, these signs should follow them who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will lay hands on the sick. They see them recover. And all these things. It's all, it's all included. So I'm going to ask that you be brave because I'm standing up too. If you have a lie or lies that you want to bring before the throne, because what I saw earlier was that I saw lies in front of me and whoosh, 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 just disintegrating, whoosh, just disintegrating, disintegrating. And if you have a, a lie or lies that you want to just disintegrate, I want you to stand up. And I'm going to pray over you. There's also people here who God has given you promises and you've, you've believed that, oh, well, maybe it's going to look a different way. Maybe I'm not supposed to get it. And he also wants you to stand up because he told me, he said, there's people here who I've given promises to and I, don't, I want them to remember that I'm good and that I still will make those promises come to pass because when I make a promise like covenant, I keep it. So Jesus, I thank you right now. Holy Spirit. We just put our lives before you. And we thank you that you are taking them. And they're being dissolved in you, God. Jesus, I thank you for the replacement of truth for us, that we walk out of here with the truth that you're giving us right now. And so what we're going to do is we're just going to do a little practice. We're just going to just put the lie out there. Just give it to him. This is my lie. Just like I did with Abel. But this is, but, but this this is my lie. Now, he never takes a lie and doesn't give us a truth in return. So he wants to give you a truth in return. So Jesus, I thank you right now for a flooding of truth, of your truths hitting each and every heart right now. He's restoring you. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, I thank you. Oh, hold on. One more minute. Yeah, he's still taking care of a few hearts.
Jesus, I thank you right now for your truth. I thank you for your covenant that we are your chosen people. And everywhere in the Bible that says that they are my chosen people, that we're heirs to that. And all the promises of Abraham and beyond because you established a more perfect covenant. It's even better. I thank you for all that you've given us, God. And I thank you that we would be a people who not only know what's given to us, but believe it and walk in it and are not afraid to ask and not afraid to to ask because what if you don't do it? Or what if, what, if, what if I can't meet up? What if I can't give? What if what I have to bring to the table isn't enough? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that we walk out of here with a new reality. Heaven's reality. And I thank you, God, that we continue to learn what's ours. That we don't just leave here and say, oh, that was a good message. But we actually take it as ours and we learn and see what is mine that's enwrapped in this covenant. What's actually mine? And I thank you, God, that the New Testament and the Old Testament, the New Testament is completely enriched with all that you've given us through covenant. So I just thank you, Father. I bless every single person here in their going out. In Jesus' name, amen.